Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to BR Football Ranks. It is a new season and that means it is prediction season. But more importantly, we've put the band back together for the first time since we were in the good old United States of America. It gives me the most immense pleasure to introduce to you the rank squad. So, so let me rewind the clock. Let me go a little bit old school on this. First up, a huge welcome back to our own illustrious insider, the Titanic tank of transfers. If this was Robot Wars, we all know he'd be not Sir Killalot, but Sir Scoop, the best, actually, the second best hair in football podcasting. It is the one and only Mr. Dean Jones. <laughs> Mate, some people were sending me messages asking if I'd been like fired and stuff, but no, <laughs> just on vacation for a little while. Just needed a break. You, you need guys. a break from us, yeah. You were like, I can't deal with any more. After that, yeah, after that US trip, I was a one like, month got, break. Got to get away for a bit, so I went back to America rather than sit <laughs> with you two. Well, I mean, how was it good? Did you have a good time, mate? Loved it. Biggest thing of all, finally got to LAFC, didn't I? You did. I've you been. Did. How good was I'm it? A real fan, mate. It's the best match day fan experience in football. Have you been to all? That's the... big. That's a big call. I've been to every ground. <laughs> no, it's not. It's um, been behind the goal at every ground yeah. in the I didn't in the world. sit behind the goal, to be fair. Um, but no, it was obviously, that's going a bit far, but it was genuinely really, really good. Lived up to all my expectations. Carlos Vela is king. Loved it. All those things. Yeah. Right. So, my friends, we're not holding back today. Roll up, roll up for ranking royalty. The right honourable, the real respectable, the chairman of the board of ranking. Order, order. That's <laughs> what he specialises in. It's the rank god. It's Mr. Sam Ty in the building. You're, you know, I'm really not feeling it today, Jack, but you are making me feel quite a lot just, better <laughs> by just shouting. Yeah, it's just infectious energy. It's energy gang in the room today. And that's I'm loving it. Important. My name is Jack Collins, half poet, half pundit, prince of podcasts, and I will be your tour guide on what promises to be a whirlwind tour of all things football as we look forward to what this season has in store for us. And I have a little guess at how things are going to play out. I know, Sam, this is something you very much specialise in. but I hate this episode already. It. But before we get on to the real fun, and set Sam up for a fall. Uh. Let's play with a couple of hot takes. And it's been a while, but it does make me very happy to say, Dean Jones, over to you. It's really difficult because I've been away and I haven't seen as much football as I normally would. <laughs> but thanks to NBC's Premier League mornings, I have seen Premier League football. And I don't know exactly what everybody's been saying about this subject, but the one thing that stood out to me over the last few weeks is what on earth is Mauricio Pochettino doing with Christian Eriksen? I totally understand that this is a player who wants to be in La Liga. He doesn't ideally want to be at Tottenham right now, but he's a Tottenham player and Pochettino should have embraced him because from what I've seen, as a result of leaving him on the bench, Tottenham are now five points behind Liverpool already after three games and that gap is going to be so difficult to claw back already. Look, you look at his three games, sub for two home matches, 1-0 down at Aston Villa. He came on, they won the game 3-1. Changed the game. He did change the game. 2-2 away at Man City, he played that game. Fine. Newcastle. He played that game and they did really well against yeah. the incumbent champions. Absolutely. Let's talk they about got that. super lucky. They yeah, of course. Like, but, but still. Yeah, but but Ericsson was good. Yeah. 1-0, Newcastle. That's point. Yeah, yeah. He came on after 62 minutes against Newcastle. Possibly Tottenham's best player, most creative player. He was very, he was very good again. Um, so, what is Pochettino doing here now? A couple of people I've spoken to um, the last couple of days. I've been sending a few texts around just to check where, how I'm reading into this situation. Some people telling me that he's not being picked because Pochettino doesn't want him in the shop window 
until this transfer window is closed on September the 2nd. Bit strange because so people already know by now if Eric's good a or really, not. Really, really weird. Ha- others suggesting the club are punishing him for being too public about the fact he would rather be at Real Madrid, possibly even Barcelona. Whatever it is, they're punishing themselves. Though, they're punishing they? themselves. It's just really weird. He is one of their most influential players. From what I've seen the last few weeks, it might actually be he is their most influential player. Yeah. And leaving him out has been almost pointless, um, literally. It seems now, actually, like Ericsson's going to stay. Good that. <laughs> it seems like he's going to stay anyway because, what, the window's shutting in less Real than Madrid a week. Real don't need another 10. Less than a week. <laughs> window's shutting. There's no offer on the table right now from Barca or Real Madrid. And even if Ericsson does now stay, what's the friction like between him and, and Pochettino? What's the ongoing effect there? And do Tottenham now lose Ericsson for free next summer? Because I don't see that the player's going to be... Very intrigued by what he's Pochettino's... not going to sign a deal, is he? No, I just don't see that there's a there's much for him to gain here. So very strange situation, and I just feel that Pochettino has dealt with this all wrong. I think um, he's dealt with the whole thing wrong. It, it doesn't just pertain to Ericsson. It's just like the first three games that he that he has taken control of. The lineups feel really wrong. Using Ericsson in the way he has is wrong. And if you don't use Ericsson against Newcastle, I think you you basically have to use Lo Celso from the start. I know that Tottenham fans really like him and I know he came on leaps and bounds last year, but Sissoko is almost useless in home games against the likes of Aston Villa and, and Newcastle. You have to be able to put at least two players on that pitch that can pick the lock. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to get through those packed defences. And Tottenham, they got a stroke of fortune against Villa with two deflections landing to Harry Kane in the box to take the lead. They didn't get that stroke of fortune against Newcastle. They didn't get the penalty or maybe two penalties that they deserved, but it didn't quite go their way. And this is kind of what happens when you, you load up a midfield with with legs and sort of slow-paced midfielders and ask Kane to do almost all of it. Yeah, I it. mean, Ericsson was badly needed. Lacelso badly needed. I don't understand what he's doing with all of his team, let alone Eric. Did you notice, I mean, this might have been just me, but Kane seems to be coming so far back now as well to get the ball and running in from deep. And I don't know if that, that was because Ericsson wasn't there. I would like, say that it definitely has a direct effect on it. Yeah. And that has an effect on Lucas Moura's ability to play football as well because they, they played the diamond in the first game and it was all very congested. The diamond's Kane, really odd. Kane running into Lucas Moura's space, Lucas Moura and Lamella getting each other's way, not enough creativity. You know, Ericsson comes on and saves that day. I, I don't, I have no idea what he's doing at the okay. moment. Okay, all right. Sam, what's your hot take this week? Well, it's funny because I was just thinking that AC Milan and their manager, Marco Giampaolo, may have redefined footballing stupidity, but Dean's take, actually, Pochettino might be doing the same thing. But <laughs> it, we're on the same lines here. What the hell is this guy doing? Well, right? okay, you're going to have to give some context here. because so Here's what Milan did. They hired Marco Giampaolo this summer from Sampdoria Good manager. as their manager, has had three pretty successful seasons at Sampdoria. Um, they basically spent the summer readjusting to his 4-3-1-2 formation, which we discussed last week in the Serie A preview. He hones that at Sampdoria. He spent the summer filling his team with players that could play it. Talking Teo Hernandez at left back, Rafael Lau up front, Benasser at presumably the base of midfield. They played their first game. They lose 1-0 to Udinese. They don't get a shot on target. And they played four centre-attacking midfielders in midfield. Four, four attacking mids, all wingers across the midfield line. There wasn't any Frank Kessier. There wasn't any Benasser. There, it was Barini in midfield. Contextualised, those players are coming back to fitness. They came it's off not, the bench. Yeah, yeah but not full fitness 90. So yeah. like, it was, his hand was a little bit forced. A that's not bit, the point. A little bit. But the point is, what happens on Monday 
you get heavy reports coming out of the Italian press saying that Giampaolo has been given the green light to change formation because the players don't suit it. Well, hang on a minute, right? Hang on a minute. The list of players on the bench, Krunic, centre mid, signed from Empoli this summer. Kessier, your best central midfielder. Benasser, the player you signed to play at the, at the base. Bonaventura, I appreciate he's coming back from injury, but he is a number eight. You have yeah. four players there. All four of them would suit this formation. Maybe try all the players that you could use in the formation before just abandoning it after one game. Don't take <laughs> away all of that summer work, transfer window and preseason yeah. prep wise, because you fielded Chal Hanonlu as the deepest midfielder, who was basically a tricky number ten who does free kicks well, right? And it didn't go very well. Like this isn't how the, this pro- isn't the how problem it works. isn't the formation here, is it? <laughs> it's the players you okay. You had to use them. Yeah, and, yeah. But Kessie came off the bench. They, they lost, lost one nil. They lost one nil to Udinese. Yeah. They so didn't K- have a shot on target. So Kessier came off the bench. Oh, man. Um, they've, they've got... Liao came off the bench. These players are obviously nearly ready. Maybe give it one more game. You've trained all summer for this. Maybe a couple more games, I'd say. Oh, I'd redi- it, seems- it, was, it was ridiculous. I know, like, I appreciate, like, there were problems with the yeah. performance. What does he do next week? Does he go back to the old one? Well, he was talk- they're talking about 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. It's like... Well, you- don't go for one. They've got four strikers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't, don't. You don't need to not be playing two strikers at this point. Yeah, this, if shots on target, the issue. It's just the most yeah. unbelievably knee-jerk thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's just classic football. How did Twitter react? Uh, not well. <laughs> yeah, Twitter didn't. Twitter didn't like. Not that. well. Not well. Gazetta were pretty pretty harsh on the player ratings, and and most of the fans that I saw tweeting about it pretty much agreed. Like they weren't I'm good. Right? Yeah, they yeah, were not good. Bad. And that, but I'm not. I'm not saying anything other than give it another game and like yeah, play, the, play right the right players. players play the yeah. right players. The formation like, isn't the issue here. Yeah, like play Kessier, and that gets a lot better very fast, very quickly. Right, I'm going to move it on. My hot take this week is that I've decided that all three of the promoted clubs in the Premier League are staying up. Uh, obviously, this isn't the lost ide- your mind, boy. Obviously, this isn't the ideal time to do this. Norwich lost to Chelsea and Sheffield United lost to Everton. Uh, Leicester, Leicester, Aston Villa beat Everton. Sorry to get themselves off the mark for the season. But yeah, I, I genuinely think that all three of them are good enough to remain in the Premier League. This has only happened three times. So in 2001, two Fulham, Bolton, and Blackburn all stayed up, and then it didn't happen for ten years. QPR, Swansea and Norwich City in 2011-12. And then two years ago in 2017-18, Newcastle, Brighton and Huddersfield, they all stayed up. I think this could be another one. I know, Dean, that you heavily disagree. Which is a knee-jerk reaction from you, really. I mean, <laughs> there's absolutely no way that the sides you put... Norwich aren't playing this football season. Absolutely no chance. Uh, Sheffield United, I've only watched one of their matches so far and they did play well. But again, they haven't got the squad depth to continue this. Um, they will get found out and they'll get some absolute hide-ins. Yeah, they will. But they will also win a lot of games at Bramwell Lane. And Maybe Aston Villa are going down. So If there's one going down, it's going to be Villa. <laughs> like... There's no way Villa are staying up. So, mate, I think... You're saying all three of them are going possibly, down. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I think possibly all three are going to, going to go down. I'm They're going all to... staying up. They're all going down. I'm what skept- are you saying? I mean, <laughs> I think Villa and Sheffield United stay up and Norwich go down. I put that in my one to twenty preseason. And Norwich have been the I best can't... team out of the three so far. I, I disagree with that, to be fair. But um, like, yeah, I just, uh, I just don't see a scenario in which all of them stay up or all of them stay down. To be honest with you, why do you like? Why do you think they can keep this up over thirty-eight games? Well, I, th- I think the, the whole point is that they've started really well against some quite strong sides. You know, Norwich put in another good display against Chelsea, and you know, yes, it didn't. But Chelsea quite aren't a good team. No, I know, but Sam said they're going to finish eighth. So you you put in good performance against top half sides in. And then you win but your games lost. against, but you win your games against bottom half sides, and you stay up. Norwich 
have been absolutely fine. I think Sheffield United are solid and will win a lot of home games. I think Villa are the ones most in trouble. But given how, you know, I mean, Everton were poor on Friday night and we will just, we'll accept that. But I think that given that Villa controlled the game quite well, I thought they were a strong unit. And I do think they've got enough quality to stay up if if that kind of performance continues. I do think Villa are the most likely of the three to go down. So who, who are going yeah, down? Who's, 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 who's goes down? So weirdly, obviously this is a bad time to do this, but I thought Palace and Newcastle are both like absolute <laughs> shoe-ins. Having them both should we have recorded this six. last week? We should have recorded this last <laughs> week. Having both beaten top six sizes. But I do think, I think Newcastle are in real trouble. I thought they were good against Spurs. I agree, I think Newcastle that, could go. Yeah, I but I think the Newcastle will go. I, I think Palace, if Wilfred Zaha keeps his strop up, because he is very much not playing in, in the way that we've seen him play before. I think Palace are in trouble. I, I really do. And I love Hodgson more than most people. Um, but I, I think this year that Palace... I think he's too smart, man. I think Palace are in trouble. I'm not sure about Brighton yet. No, I take your point. I think Palace don't have the greatest depth either. And if Zaha does go missing or doesn't play to his best, then they will be in trouble because he's their biggest game changer. But I do think Hodgson can outthink a lot of those coaches that are going to be down there with him and that he'll be good enough to get them out of trouble if Fair it point. need be. Um, yeah, I just I just think you're wrong, to be honest, Mike. <laughs> this, is, this is one of my least favourite conversations because it's like how, 38 games of random chaos football yeah. with a transfer window Who wants to make early predictions, though? Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Imagine doing predictions on an episode like Let's this. Let's move on. Really yeah. early on. What should we do next? Well, I think we should talk, maybe, some <laughs> predictions. So we will be back after the break to hear what Sam has to say and basically set him up for the biggest fool going. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks, where it's time to talk predictions for this season. I know this is Sam's favourite part (laughs) of every single season. He's been crying all morning. He's been so excited. I know he's been texting me about how excited he is about to make these predictions. Can't wait to check his mentions. Exactly. And how he knows that he's going to be absolutely slamming it. And that's important because before we go on to Sam's predictions this season... It'd be unfair for us not to look back at Sam's predictions from last season. And I know that a lot of the rank squad have been waiting for this. I know that... Was it our first ever show? Second it, I think show? it was our second ever show. Um, first? Oh, you did, a, you did a little episode. Oh, that's it? not a real show. This is our first ever real show. So, Dean, I'm going to read you these out one I'm excited because I can't actually remember what you said. And I just want you to react to me as we go, right? So, at five... Can I also react? You can also... You can defend yourself. Cool. I might well, not you can always defend yourself. I think Dean, if Dean's got anything about him, he'll realise that yeah, this, I, know the, this, I know the tough job. This was got. not too bad. Five. Gareth Bale returns to England this summer. That was actually, at the time, that was a great shout. And let's be honest, it wasn't that far off happening. Like, if Man United had got rid of Alexi Sanchez, I think he probably would have ended up there. So I'm, I think absolutely fair play to Sam. Good shout. Is, is, is that something you're happy with, Sam? Yeah, it's good to see that the 20 quid I slipped Dean earlier with. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> Next one. Four. Real Madrid finished fourth in La Liga. Um, I can't remember who you said would finish above them. Um, I Getafe. said... I think I went severe and you said Betis. My shout was worse than yours, to be fair. Um, We're just very biased to one city. Yeah. We just like Seville. It's <laughs> um, a nice place. It's not our fault. It didn't happen. They finished third. Didn't happen, but... They finished yeah, there quite comfortably as well. But... There, yeah, there was a fair gap. That one was, uh, that one was wrong. It was a bit too bold, but yeah. he was right that they weren't very good. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we all knew they weren't very good. This was January, not September. Like, they turn things around they in were, four months. They were rubbish. Yeah, they were not uh, good. And, and now they are better, I think. They're not miles better. Three, Tottenham win a trophy. This one I don't mind. What? This one I don't mind. <laughs> they were within 90 minutes of doing that. Yeah, Twice. <laughs> Semi-final, went out on penalties. Um, and then lost the Champions League final. I couldn't believe I was still in with a shout when it got yeah. to the final. To be fair, every they were time... never going to win the Champions League. No, but every uh, time we they went through the rounds, that. I was like, oh my God, it's they still can. alive. But but the, I think the Carabao Cup was the shout. I think that was yeah, one. They knocked out on penalties yeah. to Chelsea. I don't think he was predicting the Champions League final when he th- when he thought about this. <laughs> I could try and claim I was, but I definitely, definitely wasn't. Not and a bad then, shout. And then and number one, Pochettino chooses Real Madrid. Hang on, you've missed one. Number two, you didn't do that's right, we're going to get to that one, sorry. You said, sorry, I have, I have made a mistake there. Pochettino chooses Real Madrid was your number one prediction, but I'm going to come back to number two because you got that one right. Uh, oh. Yeah, so Zidane proper ruined this one, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So... <laughs> totally. <laughs> Couldn't have seen that coming, to be fair. Pochettino wasn't miles off. And, and actually, if he continues playing the way he's doing, he's going he's gonna to run himself out of a contract. It was such a surprise that actually Zidane the wrong choice anyway, is soon going to be out of a job and probably Pochettino will be back in the frame in about two months' time. So maybe you're just a year out. So. Yeah. Well, should... I didn't put a time frame on it. Yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> He's probably got him in his new predictions, number one. Yeah, exactly. Pochettino, Pochettino to Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two, you did get correct. Manchester City win the Premier League over Liverpool. At the time, I think this needs more credit because at the time, Liverpool was seven points clear mm. at the top of the Premier League and you, your call was that City would win it anyway. They did. Credit. Credit. Hey, I think they were, that is a good five prediction. I did my like, best. It's been bold and not been too stupid and it's not done too bad. So yeah. I am actually got a lot of faith now in what he's about to tell us for his new season. I mean, don't go that far. But what yeah. I would say is um, if I wanted five right, I would have picked Bayern to win the Bundesliga, exactly. Barcelona to win La Liga. I, just, I, tr- I, tried to, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be a little bit creative and, 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 and find some talking points. And, and uh, you did. I mean, I've given myself a pretty high score on that, even though I only got one out of five privately. Um, when I look back at my own performance, I'm pretty pleased. Yeah. Okay. All right. So on the back of how good you got last season. Yeah. Um, what have you got for me this <laughs> after na- After nailing that. After absolutely <laughs> nailing last season, what have you got for me now? Okay. So five more predictions, five more big predictions, and they are ranked. You can, you can consider number five a long shot. You can consider number one I think it's nailed on. In, so in, like, in a kind of like a couple a, of grand on it. In a cup, mm, don't do that. Um, but in descending order of likelihood. So like okay. and five, I've kind of I've tried to push the boat out a little bit, and okay. as we go through them, they'll feel more realistic. Okay. So at number five is Leon do an Ajax in the Champions League Ooh. this season. Nice. And I would say this is particularly bold considering they lost a serious, serious amount of talent this summer. Fernand Mendy. Uh, and Dombele and Fekir all left. Um, and when you look at that Leon side last year and you compare it to the Lille side who finished second, the Leon side is is quite clearly head and shoulders above the Lille side. Uh, you you, talent, really, talent you just don't really understand how it's possible that that side could have finished below and comfortably below Lille. Lille were good last year. And the answer is um, the manager. Yeah. Genesio really screwed that one up and they have a new manager now his name is Silvino he used to play for Arsenal and for Manchester City and Barcelona he's working with sporting director Juninho so a little Brazilian vibe going on what a player by the way yeah really good they've made some really good signings they've actually raided Lille for two of their best players Thiago Mendes and Kone Um, they've taken Joachim Anderson 
from uh, Sampdoria. They've still got Memphis Depay, Moussa Dembele, who just gets better and better, and Hussam Awa, who is still amazing. Now, they play this evening their third league on game. So in, in between the time that this uh, this is recorded and, and it happens, they probably would have lost and this will look really dumb. But as it stands, play 2-1-2, scored nine, conceded zero. And they look like they are in good hands, finally. So the Ajax thing doesn't come around too much. We absolutely love the story. We're always looking for the next one, but they don't come around every single year. So it is quite bold to think that two could happen in, the se- in, in consecutive seasons. But I like Leon... I like the talent. I like the manager now. And I think they could surprise a few people as a result of that. And maybe they get to the semis. But quarters is not out of their reach, genuinely. Not out of their reach. And that would surprise quite a few people, I think, given they finished third last season to Lille. Yeah, I think it's it's a nice prediction. I think think they're a good side. Yeah. I I think one of the things that people have been talking about is that Leon might win Ligue 1. That's been that's been something. That Who the, the hell is saying that? Who the hell is saying that? It's been a bit on Twitter. I've seen I've seen a I couple. I know you're of following, mate, saying, but they're wrong. Well, look, there's it, it's a bit <laughs> like what Sam's saying in that there is a lot of talent here, and if they're managed correctly, and with PSG having, you know, not the best start to seasons. Well, they don't really have any players. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean they look, don't have any players, look, and, it's all, it's and they're going to get, and they've got less. Yeah, that's what I mean, and, and they're going to get less players because now they have two more injured, and mm. not not just anyone, just a couple of a couple of big names. Fair enough. I've heard, um, but they, yeah, I, I mean, look, I've heard a lot about Lille this year. I, I think you're right about Dembele. Obviously, been watching him for many years, and he he's world class. He's really good. I don't think he. Put, really gets the credit he deserves and maybe maybe, still there to be honest maybe at the end of this season we'll be talking about him in 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 more sort of glowing terms maybe it's to do with the fact that he plays alongside Memphis Depay who is a real spotlight hogger in in a nice way genuinely just like the things he does on the pitch and his personality mean that he tends to get the focus obviously in Dombele last season he was the hot property Awa people like Fekir so maybe now with all these players kind of out the way or pushed aside a little bit people will start to think ah He's got it all because he does. Yeah, he I has mean, it all. Yeah, he's he's a very very good number nine. Yeah, and you don't get too many pure nines anymore. You get a lot of people who are kind of creative, score a lot of goals, but like actually as a pure just goal scoring threat, mm. mm-hmm. like Musa Dembele has the absolute lot. Yeah, and he does it from outside the area, he does it from inside the area, and he did it at Fulham, he did it at Celtic, and now he's doing it for Leon and. I think it's only a matter of time. You know, obviously, Dean, there was links to United this summer. I do think it's a matter of time before he gets the big move. He needs to... Yeah, I mean, United love us to finish it like that. I mean, can you take penalties? Just <laughs> 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 bring him on for those. Um, yeah, totally. He's, he's going to come back to, to English football, I, I think. He's, um, he's perfect for it. Yeah. Right. What's it hey, for then, Sam? Okay, number four. We'll mark this as could happen. Okay. Um, Arsenal, I'm backing to make the top four. Um, they haven't been. They haven't made it for two, three years now. It's three, three years, isn't it? They've been outside the top, top, top four, and their finances are really creaking as a result of it. But I think this is, this is the year they get back in. Um, for this conversation, you're basically pitting uh, Arsenal against Man United and Leicester. That's my opinion. I'm basically <laughs> ruling Chelsea out of it, as you know. In the one to twenty predictions I made, I, I had them finishing eighth. That means I don't think they're in contention for it. I think it's too much for Everton. So you've got a three-way tussle here with Tottenham. I think eventually coming oh, good. Uh, no, I think Wolves' European adventure will distract them or, or spread them too thin. Okay. So making it this conversation, and there are concerns at all of these sides. Um, and in, in scenarios like this, 
I very often come down to, and I, we've talked about it before with the German title tussle, I back the manager. I think the manager makes more of a difference than many people realise. And Arsenal have their problems, but so do Leicester and so do United. United lack a consistency up front. They lack a structure through midfield. And I think they lack a good manager, genuinely. Uh, with Leicester, they're undeniably weaker at centre-back. Um, and I do have a few concerns about the wide players as well, or maybe he should just play the wide, wide players. players. I, I, I don't know. So with Arsenal, yeah, I think the obvious criticism is we'll look at the back four. But I guess half of this is to do with the fact that when Tierney comes back to fitness and when Bellerin does, it's a hell of a fullback combo. The midfield now with Ceballos and Torreira is amazing. And the front three options, I think they could sort of do a bit of a Liverpool with the three narrow strikers. Uh, Lacazette, Aubameyang and Pepe. It's going to take a lot to get them in, but if they mould the system around it, they could do it. And I think Arsenal will probably outscore the way to top four. I'm interested in, in you saying that about the manager, because if, if, if you were going to, if you said to me, it's down to the manager, mm. I'd have Leicester at four. Because I think Brendan yeah. Rodgers is a genius. No, I don't think he's a genius. No, I think I he's know. very good. I also don't think Emery's a genius. And that setup against Liverpool at the weekend proves that. That sometimes, was honestly sometimes. one of the weirdest. Uh, uh, let's talk about this very briefly because one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it was so it was almost as if he went, ooh. It almost like tried to th- like second guess himself. He was mm. like, if we played wingers, they'd, they'd, they'd know and try and go through the centre. So let's fake playing wingers and then not play wingers and, and leave the fullbacks to do what they need to do. And you know how good Liverpool's fullbacks are. It's almost he was like, Ah, oh, they won't realise if we don't play any wide players. <laughs> They're like, they won't clock. Yeah, it's exactly the space that they want you to leave vacant. Very strange. Look, Emery did this last year and he did this little dance where he was like, oh, I'll leave a Bamiyang out or I'll play him on the wing or I'll leave a Lacazette out. And eventually he just goes, oh, I'm going to have to play them all, aren't I? And they get good. And eventually that will happen probably sooner than it will last, uh, last season. Which is really weird. It's really weird. But of the three teams in that contention, I do actually... and for this, It takes a lot for me to say this because I've been really down on Arsenal for the last few years and I get a lot of Arsenal fans telling me that I hate their club and I really don't. I just... I need, to, I need something to believe in and something to back and I actually am starting to see it. I think they'll be exciting and I think they're going to absolutely batter some teams. Yeah. I think that, that that's the point as well. You know, even if... It, we always look at that top four towards the end of the season, there's that spot like fourth, fifth and sixth. A lot of it does come down to beating those teams around you and also can come down to goal difference. And I think that Arsenal are going to win quite a few games by four. I think that that trio up front that that, Jack, that Sam mentions, they're going to have so much joy once they get going. Yeah. And Pepe, while he's still got room to improve in terms of his finishing and some of his technical ability on the ball, he's going to win so many penalties, so many fouls around the box. He's terrified once he gets going at you. And defenders... You can already see, don't know whether to actually try and win the ball or to sit off him. And that's such a difficult thing. A lot of the players are still coming to terms with exactly what he's all about. He's quite new to mm. top-level defenders. Obviously, they're going to watch videos of him and whatnot. But he's kind of an unknown. And that seems weird because they spent so much money on him. But it's a massive investment from Arsenal. And it's also a massive statement that I think will help them get that top four. You hate Arsenal, so it's important for you to <laughs> say that. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sam, what's in at three? Um, all right, we'll mark this one down as 50-50. Okay. So we're into the middle of the pack and we'll go 50-50. And uh, it's actually something, Jack, you and I spoke about in our previews for the, for the Bleach Report app. And it's Atletico Madrid to win a star asterisk undefined, not sure which one it is, trophy. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dean, like Dean you, weren't, you weren't here for this discussion, so we'll just basically bring you in on it. And this is a dangerous game I'm playing because as I found out with Spurs, you get to a semi-final and lose on penalties. You get to a final and you come up with absolutely nothing. Yeah. But Atletico, it's the depth 
quality and the versatility of approach discussion. So they've padded out the team with a lot of players. They now have the depth to fight on all fronts. They have a lot of players and quite a lot of them seem to be perfect Simeone players. Mm -hmm. They've added that sprinkling of quality in Jao Felix, who has already lit up La Liga on both occasions that he's played. The run in the first game against Hatafe, yeah. and then of course sets up the goal at the weekend. They're just winning games 1-0. It's unapologetic. It's perfectly Atletico. It's very similar. <laughs> but we also get the versatility of the approach. So we have, he now has this opportunity to change his team if he wants to and yeah. play a more expansive style if he wants to, to play against those teams that they actually just drew way too many games against last season. Yeah. And I think he's definitely realised that you, you basically don't get anywhere. If you, if you pick up four draws in the space of two months, you, can't, you cannot last the pace. And he just needs to eradicate that from his game because Atletico, so perfectly built to beat the big sides, so badly built over the years to, to really break down like an Espanyol um, or, a, or a, like a Real Valladolid or something like that. Like it's just, and he's, he's definitely added those strings to his team's bow. So with what we know of them already, with the manager in place and with these three qualities, the depth, the star ability and the versatility of approach and the ability to just kind of mix it up a bit. Basically, I think they'll win a trophy. Yeah. Okay. Now, they need to take the Copa del Rey a bit more seriously for this to happen. Because they definitely this. just don't do that. And it's really annoying because that's the easiest one to win. So I need Diego to really pull his finger out here when it comes to Copa del Rey time and play his players. He, I need him to prioritize him for this to come true. But, Champions League, definitely not out of the question. And La Liga also, I mean, it's, it's more far-fetched, but it's not impossible. No, not at all. I think they're probably better equipped to win a knockout competition than yeah. they are to win yeah. a, a league season at this point. But I, I do think they've got it in them if this is, plays out right. And look, so much of a league season is due to can you keep everybody fit? Can you, you know, keep the key players you know, in the big games and can they turn up? And it's obviously much harder to predict the league season than it is to predict a knockout. But... Mm. On the whole, I think they're good enough. I think this is a good prediction. Yeah, I watched... um, The only game I watched outside of the Premier League while I was in America was their opening game against Getafe. Brutal, wasn't it? It was. (laughs) Um, But two things that I took from it was like, in the first 15, 20 minutes, Thomas Lamar was great. Mm, Like The the, the positioning he was finding, um, the way that he was linking up with the other uh, front players was so good. He drifted out of the game for some reason. I don't know what happened there, but he did. But there were signs there of of him being really exciting. And also, he got sent off in this game, but Lodi, the the left back, (laughs) he was good. That that was my first real look at him. And I was like, I really like what I'm seeing here. And then he got sent off and I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) To be fair, the red... That's the the up and down. (laughs) The red he he got, it was similar to the Luka Modric red, which is the the raking... The Achilles. The raking Achilles, which is a new rule in La Liga this season. It wasn't really a rake. It doesn't even have to be bad. It's just kind of a thing that's... It's not a nice challenge. Yeah, but it... But if you pull if you pull your studs in a downward motion towards the back of someone's leg, you're off. And I think yeah. they're all just going to realise that, and they're going to have to adjust to it. Soon, yeah. But it's not. I don't think that's a, a stick to necessarily beat Loddy with. That's the or, thing. Or, or, for, or for you to be I like, felt, oh, I, maybe I don't like. I him felt it much. overshadowed him, and I was like, actually, this player is going to make a real difference down that flank, and also Trippier down, say down the other side. We've like, given a lot of stick to Kieran Trippier over the time, and, and with Reese especially when he was in here talking about Tottenham. But Trippier has been very, very good for Atletico's. Morata was loving him. I mean, yeah. Morata, I mean, Trippier is what you want coming in from that side. And Morata all he wants is to pick up a glancing header in the, around the penalty uh, spot. And yeah. that's Credit what to the La Liga catfish himself. He's bouncing back. Catfish no more. No, no more catfish. Catfish done. <laughs> Sam, what's in at number two? 
Uh, okay, Fardunder looking likely. Ooh. And it's again, it's it's something that we've talked about, Jack, but we I just need to put it in writing. Um, on, in audio, be- mate, because, because it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that one, in audio. And also because I don't have that many big predictions to go around here. It's Dortmund to win the Bundesliga. Okay. Um, so it's the talent and depth argument as well. So they've padded out the squad this summer with some really good players, some really good deals for some really good players. Yeah, they played uh, signed really well. Yeah, Nico Schultz at left back, Brandt to play in one of six positions. In all of the positions. Uh, Torgan Hazard as well to come in. Um, Mats Hummels. And this is the key one, I think, Hummels. He's not the best player they've signed or the most exciting player they've signed, um, but he does offer them the experience that they really badly needed last year. Like The back line is a, is a line of children, right, more or less. They're all very talented children, but they're children. They're all very young. Now, what they needed was a father to shepherd them through the tough times as they tried to close out the title. And they didn't have it. They made a load of mistakes at the back at the end of last season. This is a great analogy. I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> so Matt Hummels is the Lord Shepherd. He's only 30, by the way. <laughs> I, sh- I shall not want. No, <laughs> but... He, he's now he's now he's now herding the children, okay. and he, he's 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 making a huge difference, or he's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about his age and how he was regressing when Dortmund signed. It's like, oh, he's not the player he was. I was like, well, no, he's not the player he was when he made that move to Bayern. But Which one? Yeah, <laughs> but he's still he's still good. A really really yeah. good defender that's I, better than Dortmund had previously. I, I would yeah, I would never I would never disagree with anyone that said that Hummels is in decline because he is. I yeah. would say he's regressed. That's quite a reasonable uh, take. He's, yeah, he's, he's I would say he's regressed approximately 10% or he's not 50, terrible. 15% from the 2014 World Cup win, yeah, which exactly. is kind of okay. And it but it's that intangible kind of experience that I think probably it probably gets referenced too much or it becomes a bit of a fullback for too many people. So I kind of hate saying it, but in certain scenarios, it's just true. Yeah, like, yeah. You just need someone like that to guide you through it. Who's been there and done that. And again, the Dortmund, the Dortmund back line with Hakimi and last year with Abdou Diallo. And obviously we have a Kanji. They're all quite young. <laughs> and they needed, they needed someone to be like, to stand up last yeah, year when the errors were piling on and when they were letting that lead slip away and when Bayern were chipping away, they needed someone like that and they didn't have it. So that, plus the fact that Bayern, you know, I think Coutinho makes this quite a lot closer. I do as well. Um, Obviously last week I said that I think Coutinho swings the pendulum back yeah. in, in Bayern's favour. I think, um, it's, think it's closer, but I don't think it quite makes it. Okay. Um, I, I can appreciate big signing, I can yeah. appreciate both of these arguments I think that's quite re- I'm calling that to be in the I think it's the smartest deal of the summer getting Coutinho in on that deal like 18 we're, months we're ag- to 18 months ago he's making a transfer for what 130 yeah million, something like yeah. something ridiculous and now you're getting him on loan 18 months later yeah mm. It's Brilliant. crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It depends how Kovac plays him. I it do does think depend that, one of, but I think the, if the we biggest see thing Coutinho wide, we're like, there's, there's absolutely no point in this deal happening. I think basically he's like, here's Lewandowski, here's Coutinho, make sure that these two can thrive. Lewandowski, I believe, is close to signing a new contract at Bayern. Yeah. And I think that those two, both with so much to prove right now at this stage of their career, like they are desperate to prove what they can do. Not just in, in Bundesliga, but I think in the Champions League as well. Um, the, that's the only thing I think w- might help Dortmund is that I think Bayern are really going to make a big push for Champions League this year and, and kind of really prioritise it. But um, I think it's still a good shout from you because I think obviously, Dortmund definitely... Obviously, they also signed Sarpreet Singh. Yeah, a uh, yeah, you know, very, very key player for them this season. True, that's true. Um, also, a sub-prediction. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, is there a Jaden Sancho taking it? Sancho gets 20 goals and 20 assists. 
Is he Bundesliga Player of the Year? If he gets that, yeah. <laughs> 20 goals and 20 assists. So your take is if it? He plays all, if he plays the 34 games or, or more or less. So many. So we're having a sub-prediction. So many. So a sub-prediction that Jaden Sancho is Bundesliga Player of the Year. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. That's a good take. I like that a lot. Yeah. Now let's, let's go on to number one then. That's, that's fun. I enjoy that. Okay, right. This is nailed on. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you should never I say that. Say you finished top four. Yeah. said that, yeah. All right, fine. I'll go with that one. That's fine. <laughs> Romelu Lukaku. Look, right, start that again. Romelu Lukaku wins the, and I can't say it, Capo Canyoneri. Capo Canyoneri. Capo Canyoneri. The top scorer award in Serie A, that is, Dean. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks. He, went, he scores the most goals in Serie A this season. Like this a lot. Started well. Love this take. He started well. Inter Milan started well. 4-0 uh, on Monday night. Kandreva with the most ridiculous strike from right wing back. And I think that took a lot of the headlines. Um, Lukaku's goal was a tap-in. Uh, it was off the, uh, rebound, rebound off the goalkeeper. They all count the yep. same. Um, but he's off to in a In the fly. race for the Capa Canyoneri, they, they all, all count the same. Yeah. I mean, if they didn't all count the same, then like... You there'd know, be an issue. Yeah, there'd be an issue. Um we're, I'm open to that conversation because <laughs> some of the goals outside because, the box count too. Yeah, because it's his FIFA. Because some of the goals that Qualiarella scored last season, they should have been worth three or four. But um, yeah, I think Lukaku is. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that all of his critics are wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say no, he doesn't have the odd terrible touch because all of this are true. Like he has his flaws, but he's also just when used properly and when unleashed, a, just a ridiculous footballer. Uh, someone that someone that someone that can that can charge into space and really bully defenders and look. I said it last week on, on the Serie A preview, the, the, the quality outside of the top three or four teams, the quality of defending in Serie A is really quite bad and has been for quite a few years. You often see strikers in Serie A hit the 20 goal mark and above. There was one... It's one, weird, isn't it? Because it, it was always renowned as a defensive league. But well, actually, the over the last few years, it's really declined. It's really shaking the cliche to its core because you, you look at when you look at players like, you know, Edin Dzeko and Ciro Immobile and Qualiarella and Ronaldo, all these players like over the past few years, all troubling the 20 goal mark. Basically, there's something wrong with the defending, right? It's not a league of great strikers. It's a league of subpar defending. And Lukaku is going to bully this lot. Now, it's, it's always, it always comes with the same caveats. He may not score that many against Juventus. He may get marked out of the game against Chiellini and De Ligt and Bonucci. But whoa, just like last night, you know, well, last night, Monday night, when we saw against Lecce, when he plays Palmer, yeah, like, my guy's like, bullying. Like Palmer. he's going to get a hat trick. Yeah, that's happening. That's your sub prediction. Lukaku gets a hat trick in one of the two games he plays against Palmer this year. That's, ha- that's <laughs> I like gonna, these sub prits. Yeah, like, that, they're, that's, they're fun. That's going to happen. He's. I set his minimum at twenty five. <sighs> at league at league goals. Big big prediction. I like league it. goals minimum twenty five. Like if he played all thirty eight games, also Conte loves him. Yeah, like that's so key to this. Like. Lukaku needs to have a manager who likes and respects and like, his aura back. wants him to be his... Well, yeah, that's it. He's got his aura back. Nice. Respect. <laughs> um, but that's it. Like, he, when you have a manager that, like, he knows trusts him mm. and, like, might not score for two games and someone, he goes, it's all right. It doesn't matter. Don't like, worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. You're going to score a hat trick next week. Yeah. I'm fine with that. And Conte has obviously been after Lukaku for so long. Yeah, seven This years. makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to Lukaku on winning that. Yeah, no, it's, it's going nice. to be... How do you think Ronaldo's going to get then if Lukaku's beating him? Um, he'll just get at least one fewer. <laughs> <laughs> 24. 
<laughs> and 24 assists. Yeah. Um, good. Right. Well, that is your predictions. Thank you, Sam. They yep. were they were fun. Make a little note. Make a little we'll list. Come we'll back. come back to them in May. Uh, in fact, I might come back to them in January. We'll come back and in check, Jan. And, check and see how they're going Do you know what the, the, one of the absolute keys for me here in making these predictions was? Don't say anything that's going to ruin your season of it, like enjoying your football because predicting that Man City would beat Liverpool to the title last year completely ruined football. Like, I, you. I, for me, not everyone else. No, just my, pers- oh, I, I enjoyed just, just, I just like my personal enjoyment or lack of of the title race. Basically, because I wanted to get at least one right, I was very aware that I was <laughs> going to get four wrong. And I was like, come on, Sam, don't go 0 5. God's sake, get one. I supported City for four months. Mate, how do you every- think I feel every time I did one of those transfer things? <laughs> yeah, every time, every time Salah scored a goal, I went, oh, here we go. Salah. <laughs> Diver, penalty taker, all that. So I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? You, you are. <laughs> just enjoy the football. Exactly. And then company scored that goal and I leapt off my sofa because the, the prediction was coming home. <laughs> Come on! Like that. And I was just like, right, don't say anything that's going to ruin your season. So Leon, don't care. Arsenal, fine. <laughs> Atletico Madrid, it's in Spain. It's miles away. Dortmund win the Bundesliga. I do care about Sancho a bit. And Lukaku, if he, does, if he doesn't win the Capo Canyonair, then I will sleep at night. Right. That was a rant I didn't know I needed. Yeah. I think that was, you know, I, I've enjoyed it. But, um, we'll have a meeting after the discussion. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this post-show, <laughs> mate. Uh, everything okay at home and all that. Um, we will be back after the break for the Nonsense Rankings and Bleachy Roulette. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. It is Dean Jones' favourite time of the week. It's Bleacher Roulette. Genuinely is. And I missed this so much. I, I know you When have. I was on holiday, I took this little roulette wheel. <laughs> <laughs> My wife just asking me questions relentlessly for three weeks. Um, <laughs> or every, every question she asks, did you spin the wheel first? You get first, you get first go. That's, that's how exciting. Sam's going to have to spin Sam's going to spin it. Which match day fan experience will stick with you forever? Hmm. Well, so oh, I went to LAFC last week. What am I supposed to say? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a bit niche. Let me guess. LAFC. No, it's not LAFC. Like I could, I could talk about LAFC left last field. week. Let's go I'm left gonna, field. I'm gonna go really left field. When I was a kid, say like 13, went to watch the local like non-league team. So you're getting like 150 people there, and there was a bunch. <laughs> a crew of lads. I don't know how old these lads were, but I'm guessing they were about 18, 19. And there was about 15 of them. So we, our little school group used to go and stand near them because it was the closest you get to an atmosphere at this little game. And at the 60-minute mark every week of these home games, one of the guys would get out an actual tannoy and announce it was time for Melon of the Week. <laughs> now, Melon of the Week, he would literally have a bag... And he would pick out the melon. <laughs> like a honeydew melon or Exactly. A so he would announce what that melon was. So, and this week's melon of the week is the honeydew melon. <laughs> and everyone would clap and cheer. And they'd tell you a fact about the melon. But then he'd go on to name the game's melon of the week, in which he would basically name the worst player on the pitch. <laughs> He'd be like, and this week's melon of the week... Justin Mitchell and Justin Mitchell would kind of like look over and be like a bit harsh <laughs> I've only been on for five minutes yeah, and everyone would be like Melon <laughs> um, 
Listen, this is probably a concept which needs to stretch Mate, far we, and wide. Let's make this a thing. I want next week you to bring in a melon. I thought you were going to say you want me to go to like Old Trafford and announce melon of the <laughs> no, week. Although I would be well up for that as well. Maybe later on down Wouldn't the line. Wouldn't get a tannoy. Until, <laughs> until we get to that stage, right now, I think the most important thing you need to do is bring a melon into the studio next week. And you can announce Melon of the Week in football. Okay, so after next week's games, I'm going to announce the Melon of the Week. I love it. I mean, I'm all over it. And, as... and then I can be like, Melon! <laughs> and see where we go. And as a spin-off, I want all our listeners to name in their little WhatsApp groups or group messaging with their mates, the Melon of the Week. Nice. It has to be a mate, though. has to be a mate, yeah. yeah. You've got to batter your mates as Melon of the Week. I love it. We're, we're, just, we're, we're touching people's lives, aren't we? The nonsense siren, that gets used in public now. Someone told me it was their ringtone recently. <laughs> Just you? Someone messaged me on, my friend Adam Advert on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Messaged me to say that it was his ringtone. Wow. Which I That's was quite a scary free. thing to go off every time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's me like... Ooh. Anyway, can your match day experiences match my melon of the week at Walton and Hersham Football Club? Not even no, close. No chance. <laughs> Not even close. My answer is just so much more reasonable. It's a, it's a two-way tie between the two German football games I've been to. Okay. Because the atmosphere is just absolutely ridiculous like it's just so different to what you would get in England and it just stays with you I've been to Dortmund Stadium and seen Dortmund play Bayern and I've seen the yellow wall in action for 90 minutes and you're not forgetting that in a hurry and I've also been to Frankfurt versus Bayern and had a VIP experience and I met Sebastian Allaire and Julian Nagelsmann like Cool. I didn't think you could beat that, but then you told this melon story. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Dean started wanging on about melons, and uh, and now we're now we're all in. And now my VIP experience to Frankfurt yeah. looks second rate. Right. Yeah, more melons in football. More melons, less yeah, less VIP experiences, more melons. Less Alain, as far more as melons. I can see. <laughs> uh, mine actually something has stuck with me, as opposed to I think the yeah. best thing ever was when you and I, Dean, went to FC United of Manchester. Yeah, last season. Um, and Such a good day. Really out. stuck with me. I, I had has a, me too. It really, really got to like how like chatted to everyone. Obviously, it was a really nice experience and all those things. But honestly, it was it was very, very, very special. It and was like, like I actually recommend. I've told so many people that I know like that support Man United. Like when you're up there, go and watch FC United of Manchester yeah. because the experience is just so unique and you will love it. It's incredible. way more than you'll enjoy the Man United game. Absolutely. To be honest. It, it, it's a really, really cool experience, and I, that stuck with me. I think more than you know, it wasn't the best game I've ever been to. It wasn't the atmosphere and the people and stuff. It was, was cool. We had a really, really good time, and uh, I do look forward to going back. And you still sing chants related. To I the still ones do they? sing songs every single day. Basically, they started Dirty Old Town, and I use that for everything. They so, did start that. You know, I sang a song about Smyrna Vices yesterday. That would to the tune. We did get song, a so. voice memo of that. Yes, we did indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's that, a good it's it's, part of all. Yeah. what did you expect go to Jack's Instagram page um, actually it'll be gone by then the story put it back on your story I will, re- I will re-run it, it go to, to Jack's story. Instagram page and just listen to the 25 second song Jack sung last night about a smell of ice <laughs> sometimes you've got to write creative things to, to really get things going yeah. I, I, am, I think this will be topped I'm going to the Seville Derby in in November, so that's my uh, that will I think. Well, let's be... see. Well, it depends. See. I'm going to bring a melon and see what happens. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm they let announce... melons in, mate. I'm going to have to try. Oh, I will. I'll just eat it as well afterwards. <laughs> I'll just I'll be there cutting up, up my melon. <laughs> so, all right, cool, Sam. Time for you to spin. You have to make a band. Choose three players to join the group. <laughs> Pet checks playing drums. <laughs> uh, I've got Allison on lead guitar. I've got Sammy Abraham on lead vocals. Am I in the band as well? Yeah. I'll just do the spoons. Or Always the mar- four people in a band. I'll do the maracas. 
I'll do the maracas, and I need one more. What do I need? I've got a front man. I've got. I need a drummer, don't I? You need a drummer. Um, who plays drums in football? Petr well, no, Petr-Cek. you've got him now. I've already got Petr If you've signed Petr to your label, I can't have him. Yeah, he's already he's already locked in. But there's no rule here that so they actually have to be able to play. The no, inter- but like obviously, I'm presuming we go on Battle of the Bands and mm. like, I want to win. There are some players. Like, I bet Jonathan Greening was good at the drums. He looked like he'd be good at the drums. <laughs> I'll take Milan. Sc- actually, I'm going to take Milan Skriniar on drums. Oh yeah, I think oh, he could. Shout. I think he calls a real racket, <laughs> yeah. a ruckus. <laughs> I'm just going to like put together a boy band. None of us can actually play any instruments. Can't sing either, so we need like voice tune. But it's going to be me, Isco, <laughs> obviously Theo Walcott. Looks like he should be in a boy band, without doubt. And. Tom Davis at Everton. Mm. I quite like this idea of a boy band, but I'm going to start a band. Sam said to me when I picked my fantasy football team, and uh, I will remember this, to the day he's like, you don't, get, you don't get points for having attractive midfielders. And so I'm <laughs> going to start, I'm going to start a... Uh, <laughs> Did I say I'm start, that? Yeah. I'm going to start a boy band, which is just called The Attractive Midfielders. I love it. And it's going to be me, James Madison. Hang on, you're not getting in it. James Madison. Ruben yeah, Neves. Nice. Ruben Neves, Andre Gomes, yeah. and Tom Kearney. Oh, I like it. And it's just like... Can't you just call it the Portuguese? I'll just front, I'll front it because I can sing. And then <laughs> they can just be the backing band. But yeah, you they don't just want them look, actually They just yeah. look good in the back and we'll make it... We'll make it maybe I, I might get Jack Grealish in and then we can have like hair twins. Right. Like that might be a, that might good. be a yeah, you, need that, band, you need that nuance, don't you? You do need, you do need, a, you need an angle. Mm. And so, I like it, the attacking the, midfielder. The attractive midfielder. <laughs> the, the attractive, <laughs> the attractive midfielder. Right, let's get his one more. Whatever. <laughs> What is the biggest derby in world football? LAFC v LA oh, Galaxy. Shut up. Wait, this has actually become one of the biggest rivalries in football. El Trafico at the weekend was chaos. It was really Did you cool. See it? Yeah, it was really cool. That was a really good game. Madness. Wish I'd been at that one instead of the one I went to before. But they didn't win. You saw them win. Saw them win, yeah, but I'd rather have been at the Galaxy game. I like this question. Um, I don't know the answer. I feel like I'm going to tread on everyone's. Like, probably the, the answer is probably the Super Classico, isn't it? Like. Or like the Belgrade derby. Yeah. Or like one of... Well, it depends, how, depends you... how much what you're looking for. If you're looking for hate... Yeah. Or are you looking hate. How do you like, define big, yeah. biggest derby? Like, depends are you looking what you for, want for the... Like the biggest culture. game in world football is El Clasico, right? Like, yeah. that's it. Facts. That is the biggest game in world football. Yeah, so in, club, in club, club yeah. football, at least. Yeah, yeah. But I think for like all of it put together, it's probably the Super Clasico. I think I'd go with the regular Clasico. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. Yeah. Maybe the old firm. There's a good amount of hate in the old firm. There is, yeah. I've just never like experienced any of the like Rangers v Celtic stuff firsthand. I've never been at their games, no. so I, I find it hard to. At least I've been to like Spanish games and I've seen the stadiums and stuff. And um, you watch every single Clasico anyway, so like, I haven't watched actually that yet as many old firm derbies as you'd think. I'd be yeah. interested. To, I'd be interested to know loads of different facts about basically loads of derbies. Like how much is like what's the hev- most heavily policed derby in the world? Well, we're looking for an algorithm mean? that would. Define... I want like different answers. I want like load. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what it is for like most horses punched. <laughs> Good, um, but like this is what it is for. I don't know, most police. This is what it is for. They're the closest. They've won like 150 Got games you. each. Like, I want to know all the different facts about also the Also closest geographically. I'm going to put this on Twitter. Yeah. I'm going to put this on Twitter, yeah. okay. put this on Twitter and, and find out what people think. Is this is your big question? This is my big question of the week, okay. um, which is which is another new feature to be off football ranks. So if you're on Twitter, we're, we're introducing features like nobody Yeah, nobody else knows about this in the production team either. So no, we, we're, just, we're just making it up <laughs> as we go along at this point. So, But big question, big question this week will be, what is the biggest derby in world football? So please do get <laughs> back to me.
Sam, there's a noise. I like it when it goes a little bit longer. Did you miss that as well? Yeah, I ordered a really long one today. Right, that yeah, is the nonsense siren. There you are. Just I've, for you, I've Dean Jones. So Just much, for mate. you, Dean Jones. This is time for nonsense rankings. And that means over to you, rank God. Okay, well, as you know, I've been a bit sad today. You have? Just generally a you bit. Just that cheer up. I've just been a bit sad. Um, podcast number 37, I think it's all just got to me a bit. Because um, I'm back. Spending a, actually, yeah, the, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. You're it's fine mo- the last couple of weeks. It was mostly Jack that has been annoying today, but um, he's also, he's brought me around a little bit. Um, so, anyway. Jack's was, always annoying. Because I was feeling sad. That's my modus operandi. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling sad, I just I thought I'd write something that would cheer me up. Okay. Uh, so I wrote about my cats. <laughs> so I got two new cats. <laughs> 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 I got two new cats. Those of you that follow me on social media would have seen the videos, uh, specifically the one that... The RKO um, was unreal. One of them RKO'd the other inside a tent. It was, honestly, they are, they are just content machines. They are amazing. Uh, but I've made three predictions for my cat's futures. <laughs> Number three is that the boy, Hero, will become a TV superstar and national heartthrob. And this is based on the fact this that... This is three. <laughs> <laughs> This is based on the fact that I think that they will eventually launch Cat Love Island and that he will go on it and that he will win it. I think you need to launch it and he can just go yeah, on it. Yeah, honestly, if you launch Cat Love Island, I will, I will help you. So basically, last week when I took him to the vet, he got all the attention. Like All the other stupid other cats were left in their cages getting no attention whatsoever from the vets because Hero was just, he was absolutely raking it. I am, I am going to make a point. It's Hero H-I-R-O, not is, Hero yeah. like Big Hero 6. Yeah, yeah, it's Hero H-I. Uh, so when Cat Love Island launches, he will be in there, he will win it, and we will be £50,000 richer. Nice. That's my first prediction. I think yeah. they should double the fee for Cat Love Island because you've had to rear mm. a cat. I, I agree. Um... I don't hold any hope for it. I just I'll accept the fifty grand. To be honest with you, as you can see, I've I've taken these cats on as as, as future earners. My second prediction will be that Akira, the girl and Hero's sister, will become the first professional paid cat footballer. Now, again, if you've been looking at my Instagram, then you will have seen the raw potential that Akira is showing. Yeah, she is good. Um, I've evaluated a lot of footballers over the last five years, doing scouting reports, a bleach report, and over the last nine months or so, uh, talking about players for this podcast. And let me tell you, there is not one footballer that has shown the raw potential that she does at age four months. <laughs> what, was me- what were Messi and Mbappe doing at four months? They couldn't even walk. <laughs> they couldn't even walk, could they? And yet Akira's out here controlling, intercepting, tackling, and dribbling. She's like part Alison, part Messi. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know exactly what position she ends up in, mm. but she's got the goods. And if the attitude follows, I think this cat's going to make me millions. You just need to make sure you get a good buyout clause. <laughs> hey. I was trying to work a line on feline and I've been struggling. Like. And the number one prediction, actually, is just, it's just not as optimistic. It's actually very pessimistic. Both will die. Both will point. die. <laughs> Neither will ever, ever, ever catch the fly that they're trying to hunt. So they sit there all day in the garden. Is it the, the same kitchen. fly? Because this fly is doing well, mm. to be fair. Tormenting his whole life. It just, they just sit it's there. like the fly on Breaking Bad. Tra- they just track it. It's very much like that. They just track it all day, just following it, pouncing on it, trying to catch it, jumping up into the air absolutely nowhere near it the, the fly has this clear advantage where it can fly upwards very mm. suddenly cats just haven't figured it out yet so as much as i love them and i hope that they find happiness 
I don't actually think they're ever going to achieve this life goal. I do worry if your cat is part Allison that it can't catch a fly. <laughs> it's just, I mean, if you put Allison in a rugby goal and ask him to save a, save a kick 40 yards up, he'd struggle, right? Let's not judge these players by unrealistic... Right, thank you. I would say that this will, be very, this will never happen, and it's a sad prediction to make, but I also think it's the most likely one of the three. Just don't tell them. Yeah, never tell them. They'll be really upset if you let them know. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't want to stall their potential just by like giving them negative attitude at this point. Well, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Important. Right. Well, thank you. That was interesting. Um, I did enjoy that actually. So that was quite I didn't expect to. When you when you actually said what you were gonna rank in the nonsense rankings, I was like, here we go, here we go again. (laughs) So um, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh no, we've gone to a bad nonsense again. But actually that was good. It wasn't even nonsense. No, no, no. The cat going on Love Island, that was fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's reasonable. (laughs) Reasonable at this point. Well, it's us. All wrapped for this week. And oh, it's good to, to be do. back, lad. It's so good. It's so good to have you back. It's to say thank you so much, these two legends. It's just, it feels right to have the three of us back in the studio. Yeah, let's even never if do Sam's, that again. Even if Sam's been no really depressed for 90, for like Next most time one of, of us goes on holiday, we all go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Where one goes, we all go. Yeah, and, and that's important with the rank squad. So to Dean Jones. Cheers, man. Sam Ty. Thank you. I've been Jack Collins. Remember to get involved in all things podcast using the hashtag BeOffFootballRanks. Get us on Instagram for my Smirnoff Ice stories, for Sam's cats and for Dean's LAFC adventures. Uh, make sure that you're getting in with sending questions or hot takes for Roulette. Get involved with the poll. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you download the BR app for the best sports and culture content. You can listen to us on it and keep an eye out for more exclusive Rank Squad bits in the app. Ranks reacting to games and so on. Keep sharing the pod. Keep telling your friends. Keep rating us on iTunes. And we will see you next week. Peace.